Yo. Mm-hmm. Yo. Oh my God. We are here. <laughs> we're back. And we're going to be expedient with this one. <laughs> we're we're going to be, uh, we're off we to a good start. My brain be. is definitely not, you know, behind for no real good reason. Here's what I want the listener to do. I want you yeah. to look down because right, because right now you're time travelers. You know the future and we don't. You know yes. how long this episode is because yes. you can look down and see how many minutes it says this episode is. Oh, yeah. So right now, either judge us for not sticking to our plan of keeping this tight, mm-hmm. right and tight, or applaud us and celebrate us for doing what we said to do. We do. do you, and that's a little oh, secret you get to hold in your heart. I know. You know so much more than us. You're You're the audience, but in a lot of ways, you're the... You're the masters of this universe, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. In this universe, we're just pod- pawns. Podcast, listen, you exactly. Yeah. Yes. You don't have multi. Does Star Trek have multiverses? What What the hell do you people have? Star Trek has, um, yeah. Well, it's, okay. How do you define a multiverse? Do they have to collide? Because we have mm. multiple timelines, and we have. Oh, like, that's oh, of course, right? Yeah. You have you have you have Leonard Nimoy, and you have non Leonard. No, you have. Well, Chris Pine and William Shatner. Yeah, like the right. Kelvin timeline is a separate timeline. And there's just a, a shit ton of alternate timelines because like some floaty orb comes onto a ship and, you know, convinces somebody to go back in time. Like, you know, and then they live a whole life and then they wake back up on the bridge of their ship and they're like, oh. <laughs> that fucking orb. Every time you let the fucking orb on. I Stop know, but I just, thought, on. <laughs> I just thought this orb was different every time with the orb. Oh, Star Trek and the orbs. Um, okay, we did our our contract orb trek required uh, Star Trek talk. That's really all we got. Like I said last week, I don't have much Star Trek to share because none of it is shareable, but all of it is I mean, fun and exciting. I haven't looked in a while because we kind of like we kind of try to take the data and see. And yeah, the the people have stopped kind of, um, dr- you know. Uh, <laughs> people people are not responding as much to our listener survey, which is correct. We already we're we're trying to implement some of the ideas. It's but pretty much done. Can I just say maybe the voting got uh leaned on a little bit. Star Trek stuff is up to 34%. Jesus. Wow. This All is right. a racism podcast, guys. <laughs> Tune in for the racism. And Star Did Trek they, is though? utopia. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. We need apparently we yeah. 30%? We, Damn. 34. That's like that's a like third of the host. Third, more than a third. <laughs> yeah. on mic. I guess all yeah, that's three of us. I'll, all I'm allowed to do is talk Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. That would that would make it make sense. Yeah. Um I don't, Andrew and I will talk about racism. <laughs> yeah, and I just pepper this in works. with you know, one time Chief O'Brien said that he didn't like uh Vorda and then they Um look this is the show yo is this racist. I'm Tony News and that's Andrew T and our producer Kevin Bartell. We will listen to your voicemails about racism eventually, but first we talk about some current-ish events, though, because of the uh, way we record our episodes now. Some of them ain't that current, guys. Some of them are just everlasting racist uh, things out in the air. And then apparently yeah. 34% of this needs to be Star Trek talk. <laughs> um, as you're listening to this, uh, let's see. There's a decent chance uh, Tawny and I are on strike um, yep. with the WGA. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Maybe the strike is done or never started. It Maybe it was averted. Maybe, um, but doesn't not. seem doesn't seem likely. And you know, the, one thing I the really time been travelers thinking, here, the, yeah. the listeners know we don't. 
Y'all know. Um, one thing I've been taking to heart, this is obviously my first strike. I just joined the WGA five minutes ago. My first oh, strike. Oh, and I guess too. it's I your strike too. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't part of the guild in two thousand eight. But wait, what's tw- what was twenty seventeen? That wasn't technically a strike? Uh, there was not a strike against the producers. I mean, it wasn't really a strike. It was just we um, had a disagreement with the talent agencies. So we all uh, technically fired our agents. Um, that's what it was. But yeah, it was a, a labor action. That um, that one, hopefully like this one, if it's happening, went surprisingly well for the, for the Writers Guild. I mean, obviously, like fucking every worker in everywhere is being cheated to the max. Um, and yep. writers are no exception. Hollywood is a multi-billion dollar industry. And it only fucking works because of writers. And we are being asked to do more with less money as it is while the CEOs are taking away... Uh, last year, uh, nearly a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Nearly mm-hmm. a billion dollars for mostly firing people uh, seems to be what they do. So, you know, we're just asking for a sh- fair share of what of the revenue we generate. And yeah, without us, it wouldn't happen. And if it doesn't go to people like us, it goes to people like the CEOs and who did deserves you, it more. Did either of you read that New Yorker piece uh, that at the time of release for this would have been like two two weeks ago. About like uh, why writers are so miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just read the headline. And I was like, I don't know. That, that headline was <laughs> I know a little. Why. I know why I'm miserable. <laughs> yeah, that headline was a little grabby. But um, but it no, bad? it was a great piece. It? It's like um, it, it's detailing for people who have not been in writer's room. So whether that's other people in the industry or just for, you know, non-industry folks. True, truly why this is so egregious and why the writer's asks are not unreasonable. Um, in it is quoted uh, Liz Flahive, who co-created Glow, and oh. uh, a writer from The Bear. So it uses two really good, and, and other people too, but I thought those were really good concrete examples of like, here are big popular shows that a lot of you watched and liked. And yeah. these are shows that got awards. And especially for the writer, I'm forgetting their name, um, O'Keefe, I believe was their last name. The writer from The Bear, it really details a pretty, unfortunately, common but grim experience of, like, just barely being above, like, a a poverty line. Like, living in New York, writing on a huge hit show, being Mm -hmm. invited to come to award shows and literally having, like, a negative bank account because their writing services were not paid. They they were not paid a living wage. So, I thought it was a good breakdown for people who haven't, like, been in in the shit and actually, like, talking to these people themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we're we're looking strong but ragged on the picket line if if that's what it's come to. Hopefully it hasn't. Do you think we're gonna get notes on our chance? Oh, I'm ready to give notes Punch on up. the chance. <laughs> but is that strike ba- breaking behavior? Are you scabbing if you're giving notes on the chance? Crossing well, the no, verbal picket line because <laughs> we're yeah. we're uh, we're working for us. This is it's only it's only. Uh, there's, okay. there's, by the way, uh, we have a group chat going with uh, multiple enemies of this show um, that are, who are writers. And they, the WJ did send us like a list of rules for this if a strike happens. And I'm going to throw this out there. None of us have read the rules. I've and all read of us- the rules. Oh, you actually read the rules? I read the rules. My <laughs> questions come from, I have the weird convergence of like some shit is actor related, but yes. felt like it was... 
Yes, yes. Oh, you read the rules. I read I all just, the rules. I keep asking questions that I'm positive are in the, are in the rules. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know. I know. Uh, and then Zig was like, can somebody and, send me the rules? And I was like, why am I? I literally joined the WGA a week yeah. before we got the strike authorization. You shouldn't and, have to do all this shit. And yet, I should here, not be here the, you are. the head of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a born again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know the f- the fervor of the newly newly converted here, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, again, we're probably on strike. We hope we're not, but fuck the AMPTP and or thanks to the AMPTP for coming to such a reasonable conclusion. <laughs> you coward! Listen to, to you, this. you, you fucking time traveling coward. <laughs> no, just delete one of those, uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, depending on how things are yeah, going. <laughs> Kevin's gonna edit this again later. That's what he's gonna do. Uh huh. We'll 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 release the correctly edited one on on Suboptimal, which is our premium service where you can wow. find all kinds of. Thank you for supporting our show. We really appreciate it. This is as as this probable strike is going on. We appreciate your support. For by the yeah. time this episode this. comes out, the episode you did with Gao should be on there as well. Oh, oh my yeah, God. that was so, so fun. So wait for the uninitiated suboptimalpods.com. That's where you can subscribe to all our premium content. That is where if you like the vibe of this show, but the racism is bringing you down, we hear you. And uh, that's a place where we get to do fun stuff like watch alongs and our weekly uh, hangout show, Yo Can We Live, which comes out on Friday. So you can subscribe to everything at suboptimalpods.com. So now, Andrew, tell us about this fever dream we just did with Enemy of the Show, Jessica Gao. We, so this, unlike, this this was fun, but it actually is racism related uh, because Jessica had a question about whether she had basically an actual like is this racist question uh i'm gonna save it we're gonna we're gonna tease it it's gonna be be no we're not i was gonna say so uh it was about the movie big trouble little china she wanted to know whether it was racist or not and she asked me in earnest and i said i'm not gonna answer you what we're gonna do is do a bespoke episode Uh of yo is this racist here's the danger in being our friend is that if you ask us an earnest question, we will only answer you if we can turn it into content. Actual factual. The answer awaits on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we would love to tell you. Just log in. Uh, mm-hmm. Just let's ever find Record a time. your and, audio. You know, yeah. Make sure you're in a quiet room. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have headphones? Um, <laughs> But that was very fun, especially because I had not seen the movie. And you know we don't do research here, so I certainly Hell wasn't no. going to do research for the bonus show. Nope. And just forcing the both of you to describe the movie to me <laughs> and what either made it racist or made it not racist was yeah. a delightful experience. What did we land on? Did we, did we well, don't tell him. No, no, not not this. Was it Judge Tawny? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, Tony's the judge. Uh, it makes it was delightful. So yeah, tune in for that um, or subscribe for that mm-hmm. uh, at com. And otherwise, it's just talking shit about racists. It's not news, but just things that we noticed were happening. Um, this was a while ago. I wrote rest in piss to um, the woman who accused Emmett Till. That person finally died. It's obviously fucking crazy that if you think about it, she was... Uh, she lived to eight. Not that she was allowed to live. Not. I guess I don't think she should have been killed. But she lived till eighty-eight. This is like civil rights history is real. It's not like black and white. This woman was alive until a couple weeks ago. All 
history, especially all the history of, you know, our rancid racist country is fucking recent. So I don't know. I don't know if there was that much really other than just wanted to acknowledge that talk shit about this person. She also later recanted. So she even admitted that it was yeah. false and she, no justice was brought to her. Yeah. Which is and right. Right. I guess that's it. It's like, there's just no, <laughs> you know, it is also like sort of a reminder to the, like, well, the long arc of history bends towards justice. Um, it does kind of, hopefully, but there's a lot of injustice that will simply be, mm-hmm. you know, that it, uh, whatever justice we have is, you know, built on constant effort. It's not like, oh, it'll be fine eventually. Mm-hmm. And then in fun white excellence, um, racist podcaster Stephen Crowder, his wife left him apparently because he, he got like um, a tight, he has like a thing called sunken chest and he got a titanium bar put in his chest, which is like uh, a therapy for it, but it is elective. Um, And he got this like two weeks before his wife was uh, set to have twins. And obviously he couldn't help with the twins. I don't know. I just love when, you know, to the extent that there is any justice, obviously Steven Crowder is still a really rich racist, but hopefully he's miserable as are all, all of these fuck faces. The video I saw of him was saying that, uh, so apparently because you can get divorced in Texas, it's legal to get divorced in Texas. And it's like, yeah, yes, if you want to get divorced, if you want to leave, you should yeah. be able to. And he was trying to talk about divorce as if it is like a controversial law. I don't know. It was re- ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that. so right. Not to let soapbox Andrew just blast the fuck off. But Please. yeah, so I love soapbox apparently Andrew. that's the other thing that, you know, the right wing, it is this thing like, okay, I know it's like cliche, obviously to just say like first they came for whatever, but you know, um, it does seem like now that, um, you know, they have gotten the right to uh, uh, abortion uh, eliminated, they are obviously coming after trans folks and um, all sorts of civil rights things. It does look like the next thing they are gutting for is no-fault divorce, which yeah. basically is one of the only ways that um, that helped women so much because tra- being, people being trapped in abusive or you know just marriages they don't want to be in um, disproportionately hurts women. Um, and yeah, that's a thing that they're fucking trying to, seems like that's the new thing they're going after. So my point is these people will not stop. It's not going to like stop with trans people. It's not going to stop with like black Mm -hmm. folks. It's not going to stop with like, you know, just the right to choose. It's just Mm -hmm. endless, relentless. They will not stop. So fight them now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just never ending. Okay. Off Mm -hmm. of my soapbox. No, I am. Uh, I'm grateful I don't know who that man is, and I still kind of don't, even after that story about him. <laughs> you really don't want to know. I'm yeah. grateful. I'm grateful. Um, someone accused me. Uh, I I was not aware of a very large, very large movie that came out recently. I just had not even heard its name. Didn't understand what they were talking about, and I was like, oh, I guess like I just don't know like a, a bunch of big movies all the time because I'm not into that type of movie. And this person said to me. It's the second biggest movie, like, in America right now. You live in a weird Star Trek yurt in the mountains, and you don't consume (laughs) normal media like the rest of us. And I did not disagree. 
Yeah. What movie? I like I like not consuming. I, I feel the same way of um I go to the movies less and less. And not really by like trying to make a statement at all. I think it's more just it's less fun for me. It feels more like I I guess I would rather be doing something else. But the byproduct of the outcome of that now is I feel like less and less when yeah. someone's like every and what's everyone's thoughts on this? And I'm like, what was the and what happened? And they're like Come on, dude! You 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 had to see this, right? I'm like, no, I'm just now fully out. Um, just but. don't know. I also like. I don't. Well, whatever. I don't. I go to the movies. Yeah, it's fine. I don't. I, I don't know what's going. I on. of course love the cinema. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know, yes, yes, I'm yes, keeping yes. cinema alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Tawny, though, you're also in the thing where like you get invited to enough like premieres and stuff. Like you yeah, don't need I to know like. Stuff. You don't need to do extra movies. Like the movies you have, you not you have to, but you go to for like a work social type thing. Yeah. That's plenty of movies. That's more movies than a lot of people watch. But that is where I hear about, like I'll get an email that says, do you want to come to the premiere of the Teletubbies take Guantanamo Bay or whatever? And I go, huh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that that's what. <laughs> I What's would this not movie called Tubbin? <laughs> <laughs> And it's like some comedy action movie star, and it's usually like starring one of my very good friends' husbands. Like that's I I didn't know that Charlie Day was in the Mario Brothers movie until like I don't know. I got some thing, and I was like, "Oh, Charlie's in that." Mm -hmm. I've been on vacation with him. Why don't I know this? Yeah, (laughs) he's anyway. He's pretty good at it. He's he's maybe one of the best parts of. Oh no, I guess Jack Black is probably people's consensus best part of it. But he's really good very talented but i think part of my problem is i have friendships with people that is sort of outside of our jobs in this town and yep. so then yeah i'll be like oh they're in this huge thing and i didn't know it even existed i guess i'll go to the premiere <laughs> it's a lot there's so much there's so but much then sometimes content. sometimes i get mad when like i see a thing that comes out and i see a bunch of people went to the premiere of it and i'm like that shit's right up my alley why didn't i and i know five people in it why didn't i get invited to that premiere instead yep. why did i get invited to you know Tubbin. I don't know. Tubbin. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stop Tubbin. <laughs> Starring tubbin Giovanni it. Ribisi or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi is the Teletubby who smokes. <laughs> but he's also the Teletubby who got Guantanamo Bay clothes. So Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, oh, we this is more like a legal drama. It's kind of like, like um a... like a uh the rainmaker type. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I guess I just envisioned it as more of an action-y, but this oh, makes like sense. Oh, like The so Rock? It yeah. Could be more like The Rock. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be. No, I'll, I'll let you know after I go to the premiere. Um, yeah, it's your movie that you're going to that exists. <laughs> Nothing else. What? Did we keep this show short? The answer has got to be no. We gotta, let's go to a break. Let's, yes, voicemail. Let's do this. Or break and then voicemail. Yep. Where am I? <laughs> We're back. We're going to we're, we're going to keep it tight. All right. Oof. Voicemail time. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to try this again in under a minute. Hi, Andrew, Tony, Kevin and potential guest or any combination of the above. Um, I'm a long-time listener and uh, I am calling to snitch on an HR situation. I work for a pretty big deal university uh, that is known to, for being progressive. I've worked there a long time. Um, I've done a lot of 
work on diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff in uh, panels and workshops and classes and books and blah, 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 blah. And so I was on the panel, um, the final interview panel, with three final candidates to be my boss. Um, and uh, one of it's a pretty high position, and one of the people on the um, of, of the interviewees, the final candidates, is an internal candidate. And when I asked him um, what uh, issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, etc., um, he had um, taken into consideration in recent work and management and writing. Um, his response was that for a long time he was the only man in a team full of women. And man, did he learn a lot about pregnancy that he never knew and never wanted to know. So yeah, that's my big snip. Um, thankfully, he was not hired, and he's not my boss. Um, instead, my boss is young enough to be my child, but that's okay. At least, um, you know, they're not a dumbass. Thank you. Love the show. Bye. Okay. I just had panic deja vu, and partially it's that I obviously listened to all the voicemails, so I'm like, did we do this one already? Sounds new to no, me. But- Okay. It's new, but I also think that like all the DEI stuff is starting to yeah. blur together. Maybe that's it. Oh boy! Like they're all kind of similar problem, and maybe this is the issue with uh, working a nine to five. <laughs> maybe this is why there were shows like The Office. I'm learning. <laughs> um, it's kind of mundane, and the shits the the wild shit they're calling in with is all kind of like sh- echoes of the same problem. That is the other, that, you know, that's the gener- generally, like, the danger of this show, which is that, like, racism is so tediously repetitive that, yeah. that I mean, truly, I was just like, am I in a fucking time warp? Like, it's just the deja vu is, I guess, that's, that's what it is. You just all of a sudden, you're like, am I here? Did yeah. we do this? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know either. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what um, we've done? Does anyone know what we've done? <laughs> I mean, I probably, Kevin sorta, and the listeners, some listeners sorta. No one else though. No, <laughs> no. Unfortunately, not neither of us. Um. So yeah. this man thought he knew diversity because he'd been the only man in a group full of women. Yeah, which is like <laughs> white guys say this shit like this all the time, mm-hmm. sort of joking, but like. Also, clearly not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what what does it take to like get? Like, what do you like? They really believe this, but they say it as a joke. I guess is my question. Um, I guess my question, based off of that, is like, who is deciding who is speaking at this panel? <laughs> I mean, similar That's to like a, a few question. weeks ago, we talked about that guy that said something like really messed up, but then the person right behind uh, him started crying and making it about herself. I almost feel right. like a connection. Uh, they're two completely different scenarios, but the through line to me is like there's a there's a secondary person who is not as bad, but is <laughs> right, is right. making decisions that is like certainly not helping. Like, if uh-huh. you're hosting a panel like this and you think there's a chance a person is going to say something like this, uh-huh. you need to look in the mirror as well. In addition to this guy <laughs> needing to look in the mirror, if you're making de- decisions that it's like, oh, shit, now he thinks, like, he's a victim, yeah. like, you should have, th- you know, you should have thought that there was a chance that this was going to happen. And now he's there spewing his dumb shit. There ain't enough mirror for the both of us. <laughs> 
No, I think that's a great point. Yeah, like more than just this guy needs to be called to the called to task for. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Like, what? How do you get there? Oh, oh good God. lord. That's so very funny. I mean, I guess the other thing, maybe, maybe it also feels like the other deja vu part of this is um, in Hollywood where um, there are sort of like very public um, shows, uh, public, often empty gestures, but shows of diversity from, you know, the, the studios and the, you know, whatever. Um, I, I, it does feel like it's more, um, like white guys in Hollywood are way more open to like, well, I just can't get a job as a white, like I'm the real, like mm-hmm. minority here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just systemic to white men or our industry because it's vocal and public about trying not to make that the case, even though it's still, again, love, love the WGA. Uh, but it is like, I don't know. I think it's like something like 60, 70% white men. <laughs> sure. The, yeah. yeah, they're they're hoping the announcement is bigger than actually having to do anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's not real. Like, yeah, don't worry, plenty of white men are getting work. Yeah, they just mm-hmm. already have the jobs. God, yeah, that's why I just keep yelling. Is <laughs> you're not competing with us who don't have the jobs yet and are just now being allowed in. Mm-hmm. You're competing yeah. with the six white guys who already have the job on the buzzy, hilarious comedy show that you wish you could be writing on. Yeah. So now when they're looking for two new people, they're they're finally starting to go, maybe I shouldn't hire a, a ninth and tenth old white man. Maybe yep. instead I should seek out something else. And so now all these young white guys or white guys who are bad are going, yeah. well, you can't get a job now as a white man. It's like, right, because of the seven who are already there. Also, in this, the situation you just said, they're still going to hire one white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, 10th is too far. Ninth feels like a good sweet spot. Oh, I know. And I get uh, so annoyed when people's like managers and agents perpetuate that bullshit. Like, oh, it's just a tough time right now to get hired as a white guy. It's like, no, it's a tough time to get hired as a new white guy or a bad white guy. Yeah. Because the ones who are already in are in and they're your problem. So start getting them to retire, I guess. And it's been a tough time for everyone forever. Who is it? Those forever. <laughs> so, yep. Welcome to normal shit, white people. <laughs> Voicemail number two. I don't know. Yeah. Hi, I am a mom. In light of everything, um, I'm going to be homeschooling my children this fall, and <laughs> I was researching different homeschooling programs, and I found a program called Singapore Math, and it says that. They basically adopted this program based on living in Singapore uh, and seeing um, how the edu- like how they taught math there was more successful ha- than how we taught it in America. And I was just wondering, is that like the definition of cultural appropriation, or is is that something different? So what's happening here is this woman's like. Home, one of the homeschooling options is this program by white people called Singapore Math, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. which I guess I don't know like the specifics about how uh, homeschooling works, or I hadn't thought about it. But it makes sense that like basically, um, you still buy like textbooks and like lesson plans and and things like that um, from from folks, or you you can anyway. Uh-huh. So. This is one of the options. I'm sure it's like potentially, um, you know, something that they could teach in other schools. But yeah, 
It's called Singapore math, and it's apparently based on the way they teach math in Singapore, which um, I will just tell you, having had some, uh, you know, having lived my whole childhood with people who were raised under Chinese education systems, it's not a better way to teach math. <laughs> it's a terrible way to teach math. I'm positive of it. However... <laughs> The caller wants to know whether calling it Singapore math is cultural appropriation. Well, calling it and like taking the ideas of how presumably the Singaporean public school system um, operates. Man, just sounds like it's called it, that because that's where it came from. It, well, also... Just sounds like that's where the thing was made, so they call it that. It's like Buffalo yeah. Wings. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, I think those are from Albany, though. Everyone, Everyone in Albany says that they're from there. Oh, hold on. I'm looking at the full title. Singapore math colon, the Buffalo wings of mathematics. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Cultural appropriation. I, is this like tough for people? I guess it Denver is. Denver omelet. That's what I should have said instead of <laughs> Buffalo wings. Please continue. Just to... Are those from Denver? What is special know. about Denver? I don't What's know. Denver omelet. Is How they get to claim omelets? It's a, it's a ham, cheddar cheese, diced. Diced peppers and onions. That oh, makes my it a favorite. Denver, I think that's my favorite of the omelets. <laughs> of the of the Denny's options, that is probably my genuine favorite. Is it? It's, so, it's yes. solid. It's got all the things. Okay, yeah. so sorry, I keep interrupting you to punch up no. my bad joke. <laughs> Since when? It's not a bad joke. This is just how the process works. This is <laughs> the studios can put a stop to this at any time by just agreeing to pay writers fairly. <laughs> then I'll stop having time to punch up my own jokes on a podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, cultural appropriation. I, what is the classic example is, I guess, rock and roll. Oh my God. Andrew, you're starting with such a big one. Let's get a little smaller. Let's get a little smaller. Let's start with like a sombrero. Yes. <laughs> I don't have Perfect. the energy for this. Smooth I don't have the energy jazz. for it. I don't have the energy for it. Let's start with a let's start with a Cinco de Mayo celebration. How about yep. that? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. I yeah, right, right. Just like taking another culture um uh, for profit often. And, I guess just profit is a like, portion of it. Out of context, without the like truly understanding all the different angles of it. You know, the whole thing is that Cinco de Mayo is not really a holiday meant oh, to be yes. celebrated in that way, and yet white people have grabbed onto it and appropriated it in a way so that they can just like wear a fun hat and drink margaritas. Yeah. Yep. Or a racist hat. Sometimes they would like to wear a racist hat. Yes, apologies. It's a racist hat. I was, I'm just saying, just to oh, no, focus no, no, no. the conversation sometimes down they, more sometimes than they wear, yes, you're tackling right. all of rock and roll, just because we're trying to keep this one short. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, what's the best example of cultural appropriation? How this place was built on the backs of slaves? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, is what it, it all gets back to. But, like, the Singapore math thing, actually, I found this interesting because I was like, not, you know, not really cultural appropriation because it's not really about that piece right. of, like, Singapore culture. What I do will say is, like, I think, do think white people have this, like, obsession with, like, basically Asian math? <laughs> like, oh, and this sure. fet this fetishization of that well it's 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 different than the caller's question too but i was yeah. just like that's the thing that struck me i was like these fucking bozos like singapore math like yeah they just know, think this, any any asian method of teaching math must be superior yeah 
they should just, you know, what they mean is oriental myth, but they, they can't write that. So that's the thing that I'm like, Ugh. Is it just is it a is it a slightly more sinister version of like when you see on like a menu whenever you get on like a plane and the chef who cooked the food on the plane they've got like a little <laughs> insert in your thing that says like they trained in Paris <laughs> France just the assumption that anywhere you train in that entire city oh, means you are yeah yeah right more superior at cooking I'm like maybe if you're that great of a cook maybe you wouldn't be cooking for an airplane <laughs> no shade to airplane chefs I don't mean to be elitist about. Who cooks for airplanes? But like, there. I just always think that you know, or like that some some perfume or some like yep. whatever was yeah, like bottled yeah. in France, and it's the, like the city for. the city is doing a heavy lifting on the resume. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Plus, airplane food. Did you guys know it sucks? Oh, um, I love this. We haven't had Andrew do stand up in a minute. Stand up. I also um, realize that I'm now like outing myself as someone who only flies fancy anymore because I'm always like, remember when they give you the menu on the plane? I'm turning into one of those assholes. Um, what I will say, one of the reasons airplane food is so or could be fixed is if they leaned into more like Asian shit. Um, you know? I agree with that. Just like like sauces and rice holds up much better under the circumstances of of airplanes Hurt, hurtling than, through the sky. Yeah, than whatever like weird chicken or or whatever or whatever weird sp- mushy spaghetti that you try to get served. I will tell you, anytime I've flown a- any Asian carrier, the food is always banging. Japan Airlines, yeah. that meal in economy. I flew to Tokyo in economy, and I was like, give me every single meal twice. I will eat it all. Because it makes sense. It's the it's the right food. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that was more my hit on the Singapore math thing outside of the appropriation. Do you know that rock and roll was taken from? <laughs> yeah. Wait, we never talked about Ike Turner. We forgot. Oh my god. Okay. This week for real on Yoko We Live, <laughs> Tani. Uh, what an insane this, runner for three. This, this two weeks feels of this show. now. This feels like a bit where Tawny <laughs> made up a piece of slang, and we're just gonna. But yes, yeah, so we'll explain what an Ike Turner is. Uh, and I it's know, not I'm aware what, he's it's a bad man. Not what you think. It has oh, nothing yeah. to do with him being a bad man. It has something to do with what he did when he was fifteen. Um, why are we doing this? I, I don't, don't know, know why I'm talking about Ike Turner so much. I just like look. I've really been. <laughs> It doesn't matter. All right. Well, um, no, I, I remember, and we will tell everyone okay, okay. why why you were talking, honestly, shockingly much about Ike Turner on <laughs> Yoko We Live, which is our premium show uh, that yeah. um, you can listen to if you go to suboptimalpods.com and subscribe. Um, yeah. I think another little thing, um, just wanted to, uh, an example of what Yoko We Live is like is uh, this originated there. We... Um, we've been talking about excellencies, which is like just a little antidote to all the racism is just some something awesome that a person of color did or does. And I think mine this week dovetails with an event I am doing. Um, as you're listening to this, um, the event, uh, if you're in Los Angeles, is uh, on May 11th at the, oh my God, I'm just going to Chinatown, li- Chinatown Public Library. Oh yes, it's on the same right. Yes, Public Library, North Hill Street. Um, we're doing a little panel on um, interior Chinatown, which is a book that um, I actually read because a friend of the show, Kara uh, Brown, was doing a reading Instagram IG live show during mm. uh, 2020, and I, I uh, talked about interior Chinatown. Then I'm going to reread it. 
Um, let me see. I believe there are, is it tickets? I don't think it's ticketed. I think you just go, right? I, I think you just know. go. It's at the public library. This seems like a free event, I believe. I'm looking at yeah. the event page and there, it just seems like you show up and you listen, you hang out with some cool people. Oh, friend of the show, Jenny Yang will be there. What yep. a great time. Yep. Christina Wong. Um, and it's hosted by my friend, uh, George Chen, who's uh, just wonderful. Yeah. So this is going to be fucking, I believe everyone is Chinese. I think it's Chinese as fuck. Um, <laughs> and oh, yeah, Chinese as fuck. Uh, just look at if you If you look at the link on the LA Public Library page, um, we were told to send headshots and three of us have real headshots and one of them is one of us is me. You did a great job. You did a great it's, job. I <laughs> looking looking wild, looking dumb. That's it. We gotta go three, two, to three. keep our promise. Three eight nine, nine. seven two two three three two three three eight nine race. Uh leave leave some voicemails. Um and yeah, you know, if you're a subscriber, we'll see you on uh Yokoi Live. Peace. Bye. This is Sub Optimal.